Welcome back, everyone, to the What's Next podcast. I am here with Pastor Jay as we follow up with our second, uh, so I want to say second episode, but I guess our second sermon on uh, our series, Life After Exile. And uh, we talked about returning to hope. And I think a lot of us are hopeful for what the future might hold coming out of the pandemic. Now, something I didn't mention last week that I thought was incredibly insightful this week is that as we come out of the pandemic, it feels like a long time. Yes. Uh, But you pointed out it has not been 70 years. That's true. Which was the exile that the Jews were facing at the time of this writing. Yep. And it's not 400 years. True. Which is what Haggai referenced to them to put into perspective their 70 years, uh, the 400 years of slavery that their forefathers had uh, been subjected to. So again, not neither Pastor Jay nor Haggai was invalidating the experience the people <laughs> were good. having, uh, but just simply putting into perspective the length of time, right? Uh, how something can feel so significant and um, so life-altering in the moment, yet in the blip of history, mm-hmm. um, it can feel so small. Um, and help kind of give a little bit of grounding to the conversation we're having. Yeah, I think so. that's a great way to start because when we look at what we've had to face, you know, it has been inconvenient. It has been breaking us out of our norms. It has certainly created a lot of frustration for people. And yet in, in the light of history, looking down the road and people looking back, you know, hopefully this will... Uh, this will come to a point where we can live with it and find that, okay, we're functioning quite well. But in comparison to, yeah, the account uh, that we were trying to reference or I was referencing from Haggai and the Jewish people being in exile, coming back to their motherland, you know, 70 years is uh, over a generation. And, you know, so there there's going to be a lot of differences, of course, over that amount of time. Yeah, so what's happening here that kind of helped launch that conversation was for us in Nova Scotia, our restrictions are easing on Wednesday to almost no restrictions. There are recommendations, but no longer restrictions. So there's a definite move, positive move towards something Mm -hmm. that we've all been hoping for, that we've all been expecting. And yet in that hope and expectation, there's also some fear and anxiety and people are wondering what's it going to look like? For sure. Will COVID spike? Will this happen? Will that happen? And all of that. And uh, it gets very distracting for us. And there's a lot of um, different ways that people are reacting to this news, positive and negative. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so as a church, the conversation we had this week through the message was, how are we as a church going to respond and look at Wednesday and to the future Hmm. um, as we look at our lives and coming out of this time of exile, coming out of this time of pandemic into the life. Yeah, it would be interesting if this was after 70 years, you know, (laughs) how would we be having the conversation? We might be like ready to throw a party and everybody would be like, I am in 70 years of this, you know. So the short term of what we've had to face, you know, again, we don't want to minimize the the disruption that it has made to us. Uh, and yet we also can look at, okay, there's, there is some hope for uh, returning to, but also maybe even experiencing new things that we learned because of what we've had to face. So 
all of that, uh, I guess, is a bit of the backdrop for the message. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there are some that after 70 years would be like, no, I'm okay with my face mask. It expresses my personality. <laughs> uh, and, and that's okay, too, yeah. coming out of the two years. If you want to continue to wear your face mask and express your personality, um, that's all good. But we were talking about life being different than it was before. Yeah. And um, I, I think part of that conversation is there are some very hard truths that we need to face as a people, as mm. a church. Uh, and that's really what you got to this week was about this um, prophetic nature, right? This mm. idea of this is a prophetic word from Haggai to the people. Uh, he was trying to encourage them with hope, but he was also very poignant and direct on some of the things that they were doing wrong. Yeah. Uh, or some of the ways that they weren't really looking to the future. They were stuck looking to the past. Yeah. And so we as a church, that's kind of where we're at today. Is What's next is about taking that next step. What's going a little bit deeper into this conversation of what does church look like for us mm-hmm. as we head into uh, our future weeks and years. Yeah, and, and of course there's still many things to be determined about what the future will look like. Uh, I think what was powerful about Haggai's message was as the people had returned under the leadership of Zerubbabel. Go ahead and spell that if you've never heard it before. Zerubbabel and Joshua and the remnant, those that did come back to their motherland from where they had been exiled. And, of course, the Persian king, uh, the Persians had overtaken the Babylonians. The Persian king gave them permission, go back, rebuild your nation, uh, restore your worship. And as you brought forward in the first message of the series from the first chapter of Haggai, you know, they were busy about the daily activities that were a part of life then and actually are a part of life now. You know, uh, if you look at the amount of time we spend uh, dealing with homes or houses, um, you know, the money, the time, the maintenance and all those kinds of things, you know, food and clothing and drink and employment I mean, that's, that pretty much covers, you know, 90% of our life. You know, we have a little bit of hobby time and, and leisure time and so on. But Just as a little caveat, neither of us are actual statisticians, so uh, don't hold us to the 90%, yeah, but it's definitely exactly. high. You, you know what I'm talking about. So if, but if you look at, you know, where we spend our money and what we put a lot of our time and attention on, uh, these are the things that Haggai was speaking about too. And, and as you brought forward in the first message, It's like, hey, there is a devotion here. There is a worship to God. There is a rebuilding that needs to take place from a faith perspective. And interestingly, as we have faced this pandemic, as you know, as long as it feels for us, but as short it is in comparison to to seventy years, um, you know, our faith has had some hits. I mean, our our worship practices and our attendance and services and and staying connected with others spiritually in groups and in all kinds of ways that we have said, well, this is kind of what church is all about, that has been affected. And so how do we rebuild that uh, again? And how do we keep that as a, as a focus for us? But then as, as we learned in Haggai chapter two, he's saying, listen, when you, when you look back, those of you that actually saw the previous temple, and now you were in exile, but now you're able to see the rebuild. You know, some of you may be comparing here. You may be looking back and going, well, this new temple is nothing like the former temple. And, and there's, we're not doing it like they did back then. And, 
And oh, by the way, man, back then it was amazing the way they built it and the experiences we had and the presence of God. And it just isn't going to be quite the same, right? Or, you know, you get in that comparison. Well, when we do that, when we basically start to look at things in the past that meant something to us, which are good to have, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we let those become like like the defining uh, barometer, kind of the gauge for everything in the future, you know, we might say, well, it's just never going to be the same, you know, and, and why can't we just do it like we once did it? And I think God has something he wants to say to us about that. And it's like, hey, do you think I only lived in the past? It's like, I can do this again. And there's a new revelation, a new glory, and new work that can be done today and going forward if you will be open to it and not just compare to the past. So that was some of the foundation that I was trying to establish. And part of what's going on in that passage, if you read uh, Nehemiah and Ezra, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, it's actually one book, and you look at the prophecies of Zechariah, who was a prophet at the same time of of Haggai, when they did actually finish completing the build of the new temple, um, they had a big festival, big festivity to celebrate it. And it said that the young people who had never seen the old temple rejoiced because they had an opportunity to worship in the presence of God because yeah. God's presence was to come to the temple. It was the old people who had seen the temple in its former glory yeah. who uh, weeped and, and mourned and cried out that it just was not the same. Hmm. Uh, and there was this tension there, this reminder that it might not be what it was, but it's still an opportunity to worship. Yeah. Well, and God gives that clear message, right? So it wasn't just hey, we can, we can, you know, find a new way, guys, and, and uh, let's do this. It's God himself who's saying, uh, I, I'm going to do new things. I'm going to shake this up. In fact, if back in the first chapter, I love, uh, I can't remember the exact verse, but it was near the end of the chapter where it said God was, he sparked something in their hearts, right? And so God wants to stir and spark and shake and awaken things in our lives, and, but I'll, I'll be honest, like one of the biggest challenges we have is if what we're doing is we're thinking, God, you have to do it like you did before, and all we do is think of the past, then that's what God's going to do because that's what our expectation is. But if we're saying, God, I'm open to whatever you want to do, however you want to you know, shake things up, then I just want to be a, a willing vessel and I want to be ready for what you have for me. And I believe if we're ready to do that, then there will be new, fresh encounters with God that may not look like the past, but it will, be, it will still be the same God of the past doing the work he did then, doing it again now. And it's okay to mourn the things of the past. Yeah. Uh, but the key part of what's going on in this passage is this call to stop living in the past, but to move forward and see new ways of worship. Uh, this expectation that the glory of the temple... Mm is more about the person who resides there than the temple itself. Yeah. And uh, I think that's so key for us as we go forward is to remember it's not about the things that we did in the past, and it's not even really about the things that we're going to do in the present or in the future, but the who, who yeah, is present totally. to present the glory of God, and that is God himself. Yeah, um, Yeah, and, and as the passage reads, you know, be strong 
you know, get to the work. There, there's a, a certain level of courage and hopefulness and, and responsibility for the people. But then God says, my spirit remains with you, uh, just as I promised, you know, don't be afraid. Uh, these are all the things that Jesus was saying to his disciples, you know, I'm handing on this work to you. I will be with you. You know, I'm leaving my Holy Spirit with you. All of the same theme of God is showing up here in this Old Testament account and passage that Jesus himself then followed through with in personal form in human flesh and then leaving the Holy Spirit. So it's beautiful to see how God is, his DNA is active in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in the same ways. So I think that's powerful to be reminded of. Yeah, and I know this coming week you're going to talk about uh, the spirit of repentance within us. Uh, But part of what plays into this whole thing is this attitude of repentance leads to prayer Mm -hmm. and seeking God's will. And a lot of Christians, I know growing up, this is something people are like, well, I'm seeking God's will. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do next. But when you read the accounts in the Old Testament and the New Testament, a lot of times God's like, my spirit's with you. Just go. Just just start doing. My spirit's already out there doing the thing. Like if you're asking where's your spirit going, it's already there. It's already everywhere you're going. That's right. So just go. Yeah. And my spirit's with you. My spirit's already working. Yeah. I've heard people say, well, until I I have a real specific direction of what to do, then I'm not doing anything. And, And that's, you know, it's like, well, but God has already given us some clear directives, so let's be about those things. And then, if He gives us even more specific directive, we'll we'll go we'll go on that course too. But just instead of just saying, "Well, until I hear an absolute specific, you know, undeniably, uh, you know, direction," then then I I don't have any expectation that I need to be about anything. But if God is calling and God is stirring. Uh, and he's revealing things to us through his word. He's already given us the mandate to go. Let's just be active in that. So as the scripture said, be strong, like, you know, rise up and get at the work. Um, I think that's a beautiful thing. So it's like, you know, maybe this would be another way to say it would be, you know, instead of saying, you know, uh, I'm waiting for someone to ask me to be to be involved in the church. I, I, if somebody would just ask me, you know, then I'd, I'd do it. But I won't do it until they ask me. Why not just say, hey, I'm here. You know, use me. Like, I, I'm ready. Uh, pick me. Uh, just, like, whatever you need, I'm, I'm the one. So there is a, a certain attitude and heart that we can have that just says, I am going to be at the work of the ministry of what God has through his church and count me in, Right. Now, one of the the things that we have to talk about as we do this is coming out of COVID and this time of exile pandemic is whether you like it or not, life is not going back to the way it was. Hmm. There are certain things that we did that you probably will not see this year, next year, five years, 10 years, maybe ever again um, in the life of the church things have just moved on certain things just people won't feel comfortable with anymore life has continued in spite of the feeling of exile and i think part of the struggle that we have and this was your third key point here was that we can't stay stuck looking to the past trying to keep living in the past trying to recreate the past trying to make the past happen in the present and in the future because 
the past is past. It's happened. It can't. Mm. It's not going to happen again. Yeah. But it's the future that we look to forward to with hope. Hope is all about the future, yeah. not about the past. Yeah. And so, how do we look to the future with hope? And how do we set ourselves up to receive God's glory uh, in the future, rather than always seeking the glory of the past? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, one of the things that I referenced was there was a past to the past. You know, everything in the past had its previous kind of event and and just keeps going back, right? So we don't have to look back very far to go, okay, well, that was yesterday. And then there was the day before and so on. So, you know what, we can't go back and relive it. Um, There's probably lots of things in our lives we maybe we regret, we would do over. Hopefully we learn the lessons from that, we apply it to today and tomorrow. But if all we do is think about you know, one of the points was if we idolize the past, if if what we do is we just make that the number one thing that we just can't look beyond, we can't get beyond because it is it was so amazing. And, and, you know, this event or this experience or this music or this pastor or this whatever, if all we do is idolize the past, then then we're stuck. So how do we have an openness? So I, I made reference to um, when I was at uh, Kingswood University, Bethany Bible College, then, you know, I had, a, I guess, my really come to Jesus moment, not for salvation, but for full surrender. And uh, it was my moment of like, okay, I am all in, uh, whatever you call me to, I'm, I'm committed to it. And, uh, you know, it was a very special moment. And I can relive it even right now. I can see where I, I can see the my posture. I can know my attitude. I can, I can almost you know just repeat the the moment. But from that day, I haven't gone back and made a memorial and done an annual pilgrimage and you know and wanted other people to gather around where I built a monument. You know, put twelve stones, whatever. What do these stones mean? <laughs> um, it it's been like yeah, that was meaningful. It was powerful. And it really did shape the direction of my life. But since that day, I have been open to continuing experiences with God. Moments where it was like monumental, but also moments where it was just personal, you know, one-on-one, just quiet, special. And God keeps showing up. He keeps doing things in my life, which he will do in anybody's life. So it's not just about me. It's about the fact of if all I can do is go, that was the most significant moment of my life and nothing has ever come close to it in, ever again in my life. Is it because we're just only focusing on the past or are we hungry and eager for a new, fresh encounter? And I think that's what really, I, as I was ending the message, I was trying to help just uh, put that emphasis, like let's be hungry for more. And if we're open for it, who knows what God's going to do? I, I, I'm, I'm not a prophet in predicting the specific future. But if I can refer to the words of the prophet and share a prophetic message, God still wants to do new things. And his glory can be revealed in greater ways than what we've ever experienced if we're open to it. So hopefully that would be the the desire for all of our hearts. God, I'm hungry. I'm ready. I'm waiting. And uh, I'm longing for more of you and through Jesus, what you want to do in my life and through my life and through our church and Holy Spirit, how you want to be empowering us. I want to be about that. 
Yeah, I think one of the images that often gets uh, stuck in my mind as we were thinking about this is uh, many of us know uh, people who they get stuck in high school. Like when you talk to them, yeah. they're – their biggest days were in high school. They were the the jock or the captain of the soccer team or the football team, basketball, whatever the sport was that was mm-hmm. big at your school, right? That, And you talk to them, and, and that's all they can think about. And they think about the times that they were hanging out with their buddies and their girlfriends or whatever they were, whatever that person is. And we all know that person who, whenever you talk to them, they still relive the days of high school. Right. And you're thinking, yeah, those were awesome days. But, man, my life has been so much more fulfilled since then. Mm-hmm. I, I've got kids and a family and you know uh, an awesome opportunity to 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 serve jesus and all these things that are going on in my life like is that really the best is is that really better than your present Mm -hmm. um that that's sad uh i'm not and again those were great days i remember my high school days they were awesome but i don't live there right and i get concerned about the church that sometimes we're like the the former football player, all we talk about, all we live for mm-hmm. are those great days in the past, which again, were awesome. But people around us are going, well, what's good going on in your in your life and in your church today? Like yeah. Wh- yeah. what's going on in the present? I want to hear about that. Yeah. You don't have anything? Well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like yeah. like yeah. why haven't you moved forward? Right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things that we're, we're going to have to embrace and talk about as a church going forward is you know, if what people viewed as the life of the church before the pandemic, which was, you know, it's all about the Sunday service. You know, what does the Sunday service look like? What's it feel like? And and so therefore we're coming out of the pandemic and it's like, well, we have to make sure we get the Sunday service, you know, humming again, lots of people coming out, lots of energy. And I'm not opposed to us having a great gathering. But one of the things that we discovered, of course, during the pandemic is the way we function as a church all of a sudden got interrupted. Mm. And there's new opportunities for us to have connection with one another, connection with non-believers. And if we take Alpha, for example, you know, Nikki Gumbel said, we would never do Alpha online. It always has to be in person. There always has to be a meal. There always has to be this structure. And this is the way it's worked for us over and over and over again. And then he said now, he said, I don't know that we would ever go back to in person. Like Alpha has been so successful online, right? And and they embraced it. And they were willing to look at what could be because the pandemic forced that uh, mm-hmm. upon them. Right, And so I think for us, I'm not saying that we're going to be an online church only. That's not my perspective of what I see, because I think people realize they do need to be together, and they need to have fellowship, and they need to connect with one another in person. However, if what we do is say, all I got to do is we just got to get back into the building, we just got to get back to, you know, meeting together, in person, and that's the primary focus. And by the way, we have to do it in, with the desires and the preferences that I like for that service and the way we function. All of a sudden, we're falling into that trap of former days and the past, and this is the way it's familiar and the way I feel comfortable. And so uh, we just have to be ready to let God awaken us to even fresh and new things, whatever those may be. 
And that's why, of course, we continue to, you know, say we have to create more online presence and maybe an online service. And and we're trying to, you know, purchase new equipment and get ourselves even better uh, uh, set up for that. So, you know, we don't have to look at it like, okay, I have to have it all figured out this week. But are we willing to at least take some steps, believing God may have something new and fresh for us? Uh, Let's be open to that. And I think that's a great way for us to kind of bring this to an end is, are we open to the Spirit of God's leading into the future and not getting caught up in the past? Yeah, that's good. So, Well, thanks, Pastor Jay, for joining us and uh, leading us through this conversation. I'm looking forward to next week when we talk about having a repentant spirit and what that looks like coming out of exile. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Have a great week, and we'll see you same time next week. Take care.